0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. Uh, Craig. Uh, Craig, are you there? What the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I I am I'm speechless. I'm I'm in a state of confusion. I I, I don't know what to think about the world anymore. <laughs>
0: You're not ready to join high society? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> where's man. your ambition? Craig, where's your Where's your American <laughs> spirit? <laughs> oh, man. This, this was one messed up movie. We chose uh, the 1989 horror film Society. This is something that I had seen on the shelves, and I didn't realize it until I saw the box art, that there's an odd picture of a woman kind of like... Peeling off her face, or something. It wasn't, to be frank, it wasn't box art that really captured my attention. I just remembered it. Obviously, it wasn't one that we chose to pick up. The tagline on it says, The rich have always fed off the poor. This time it's for real. And that's a pretty apt description of what we get in this film. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is from the producer of The Reanimator, which is a, actually a movie I really enjoy a lot. Uh, had you heard of this movie before craig cuz i i didn't.
1: No. No, i had never heard of it. I had never I I had never seen the box art and uh you told me not to um read anything about it before i i watched it and i'm glad that i didn't because if i had read anything about it i i don't think that it would have been as shocking. So If you haven't seen this movie and it's something that you're interested in, turn off this podcast before uh, we get going because it really is, um, I think, something that you should allow yourself to be surprised by if you don't know anything about it already.
0: Yes. Uh, This is a movie I think most horror fans are going to want to see, especially horror fans of the 80s or people who like um, body horror if you're a fan yeah. of, well, I'd say the Reanimator, but or or Basket Case, but mostly, if you're a fan of pretty much anything that David Cronenberg has put out, like Videodrome or his whole catalog, uh, then this movie is going to be interesting to you. Also, if you're a fan of uh, special uh, practical effects, because there are a lot of those in this movie, and I noticed when we were going through the credits. And this is something I confirmed later that the special effects were done by a guy named Screaming Mad George, who was responsible for the special effects in another movie we watched recently, which was Silent Night Deadly Night Five: The Toy Maker.
1: Huh, make interesting. Yeah, there's. I didn't. I didn't know that. Um, but I did notice there was there's one guy in this movie. His name is Petrie, um, and he's played. Oh gosh, I didn't even write down his name, but he was so familiar, and it, I couldn't figure out what he was from. And so I finally, after the movie, looked it up, and he was pinot from silent night deadly night five so um, a little bit of crossover there too
0: brian bremer yeah from petrie to pinot
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was driving me nuts because he was so familiar it makes sense since we just watched that
0: yeah you know what i i looked at his um auvoir and he did uh Pumpkinhead before that do you know Pumpkinhead? yeah yeah that's a great movie so that guy yeah That guy's um, a little more interesting than I thought he was when we watched Silent Night Deadly Night 5. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So anyway, society um, starts out, and I'll say that the movie is pretty heavy-handed. It starts out in a white house, very opulent looking, opulent 80s looking uh, house. It's what we imagined that um, high society was like back then. It was a lot of the modern look with the cold white uh, kitchen and walls and... A lot of emptiness. Uh, uh, Oh, it just looks like an Ikea, basically. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it's a large mansion, and it zooms in on the door, and we get this very, I thought, stylish, steady cam and some really good sound design. um, While our main protagonist, Bill, who is a high school student that, like all high school students in these movies, doesn't look young enough to be a high school student. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he's going through the house, and he's very upset about something. It's like he's searching for something. He hears very strange noises going on, like cackling, and uh, it's just hard to pin down. But he ends up going into the kitchen, grabbing a knife, um, swinging around, and then gets kind of cornered in the by the front door. And then it pulls out, and it reveals that this is just like Bill's nightmare or his dream, at least that's what it seems to be. And he's mm-hmm. he's actually talking to a psychiatrist. Um, and this whole intro, I think, really sets the tone for the movie well because it's very dreamlike. And mm-hmm. I think it gets us into the mind of – I think it's just actually very well done. It, it gets us into the, the mind of a guy who we're going to be questioning – we're supposed to be questioning his sanity throughout the film. Yeah. Um, and as he's talking to the psychiatrist, he bites into an apple – and he looks at the apple and it almost reminded me a little bit actually of the Lost Boys where he looks at the apple uh-huh. and there are just worms coming out of it. But he just stares at it in that he knows that this is a vision in his head and finally puts the apple down. But of course we're kind of wondering uh, what that's all about. So he's talking to a psychiatrist and he's obviously kind of troubled by his family. And you get the sense that this is one of those uh, – guy-going-through-puberty, weird-point-in-his-life kind of films, uh, and he's exhibiting the emotional kind of hormonal trauma that goes along with that stage in your life. But he's also super rich, and that gets hammered into us uh, throughout the movie. Uh, we ha- cut to another scene of him playing basketball with his friend named Milo, and they're talking, and I don't know, I got the feeling, was Milo supposed to be not quite as well off as them, or were you were all just completely in Beverly Hills well i
1: think we were in beverly hills but i think that milo is like lower crust beverly hills yeah you know that that opening scene frank um oh excuse me not frank i, I called him that for a reason bill he's played by a guy named billy warlock who i totally recognize um because when i was a kid my mom watched days of our lives every day and he oh. was on that for a long time right around this time um and his his character's name on that was frank that's why i, I, ah, I was confused I <laughs> but yeah he seems he seems paranoid i i feel like something's gonna happen And if I scratch the surface, there'll be something terrible underneath. And that kind of establishes, like what you said, like we're supposed to be questioning his sanity. And we can't just jump to the Milo scene without saying that right after that scene, Ah, we get the opening credits and it's over this. I was like, "What is happening?" Like, yeah. it's it's really dark, and it's it's it seems like it's maybe shot through a filter, or or they put a filter over the film later, um, and it's all hues of red, and it looks like I couldn't tell what it was, but it was so bizarre, and all I wrote down on my notes was, "Is this a blood orgy?" Like, what what is happening? Mm. And it's not explained at all. Then it just jumps to that very normal scene of a couple kids playing basketball of course we will find out what's going on here later but just right from the beginning it's so surreal and that's how i would describe this movie i would i would call it surreal i would call it kafka-esque um it's just oh man from start to finish i was like what is going on this is so
0: bizarre (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So then we cut to this very domestic scene of them playing basketball.
0: Yeah. Uh, We meet Jenny, who we find out is Bill's sister. They're talking about a guy uh, named David who may or may not be coming by. Her sister is dressing up in her room. And so we get immediately into there where she's dressing and she drops an earring and she's looking for an earring rather. Yeah. And there's some movement in her closet. And again, you know, again, this movie starts out so surreal. And now we're in a very domestic scene and everything seems to be pretty happy. And the movie is scored almost completely throughout. And honestly, if I have one knock on the movie, I don't think that's the best part. I really don't like the, the score behind it. It feels really cheap uh, and maybe a mm-hmm. little too prevalent. It's got this... I don't know, it's a little bit like it's all done with an organ. Anyway, but but we're supposed to feel some tension here, although this seems like a pretty normal kind of area, and it's way too early in the movie for us to, for Jenny to, like, be getting, getting slaughtered or something by some strange person in the Right. <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, out jumps this guy, and it turns out to be this David, uh, who she knows, who... It seemed like was being set up as a boyfriend of hers, but I think we, we, we find out later maybe a former boyfriend or just a former Former, person, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who was interested uh-huh. in her. And he leaps out and he runs down the stairs and runs out. And then uh he, we see his parents, and his parents are uh, – I'm sorry, Jenny and Bill's parents are right. totally cheesy uh, 80s rich yuppie people.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, totally stereotyped. But at the same time, didn't you totally get a creepy vibe from them right from the beginning?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and <clears throat> because they seem completely unconcerned, like about pretty much everything that happens throughout this movie. Uh huh. Even when this guy was hiding up in their daughter's thing, they're just they just kind of brushed that off. Uh, oh well. And they're way more interested in talking about her coming out party, uh, which is the mm-hmm. subject of everything. Uh, that they talk about or seem to be working towards in this movie. And I really liked this aspect of the film, that you have this layer of society that seems totally unconcerned with everything but themselves, no matter what's Mm -hmm. going on around them, even when it involves their kids, even when it involves things that should be kind of disturbing or troubling to them. They're completely, absolutely uninterested in that. At least you get the impression that everything's going right by them. So mm-hmm. that was what made them so creepy, I thought. And you get that established right from the beginning. And I think this movie hits you with a hammer, uh, with this theme continually. It's the point. It's the it's the title of the movie, Society. Right. And even their house, you know, this is when we're downstairs and we're in their foyer, which, which you can't even see all the walls. It's so big. Kind of looks like a set to be honest, but yeah, it does. So they're all white and all smiles and grins. Um, oh, and then, <laughs> and then there's another really interesting shot where, and maybe it was just me, but I, I thought it was played kind of creepy. Where after all this is kind of done and they're done talking, um, the sister turns around and says to Billy, um, Can you zip me up? And just mm-hmm. the way that that is shot just seems a little creepy and incestuous
1: it does yeah and and you're totally right i think it totally was the way that it was shot you know the the camera it doesn't like slow pan in. it just cuts to a really close-up shot of her back and he's like kind of zipping her up slowly it does it seems sensual and it's weird but the other weird thing is she's got like I don't know if it was supposed to be sweat or if it was supposed to be some remnant of her shower that she mm. just got out of, or maybe something else. But then he also sees something like bulge underneath her skin and her mm. back. And like, he's shocked by it, but he doesn't say anything. And this, the, I think that this movie, they were less concerned about any kind of logic than they were about just the surreal nature of it and the effects, because like he sees this happen, but he he doesn't say anything. He's like, Oh, you just got a little water on your back. Like, yeah, (laughs) if if I were in that position with anybody, my sister, anybody, and I saw something weird bulge underneath their skin, (laughs) you know, and, and then just go right back, I think I'd say something. I think that would freak me out a little bit, but it doesn't. And I couldn't get the sense of whether or not that was him questioning his own sanity. I think that that's what we were supposed to think that Yeah, he knows that he's paranoid and he knows that he may be seeing things because of the whole thing with the apple and, so, but it was just, it was weird. But of course, obviously we know something is weird and, and wrong with this family.
0: Yeah, you get that sense. Even if, even if you're going to go with the through line that Billy is simply imagining a lot of things, there's still a lot that's wrong with this family that you can't pin down. But because of the yeah. opening credits scene, like you said, being so strange, uh, this harkens back to that too a little bit. So, you know, it all puts us on edge. It does a really good job of that. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so the next shot that we get is of a cheerleader at Beverly Hills High, uh, who we later find out is uh, Billy's girlfriend, Shauna, And she's doing a little cheer, (laughs) kind of dumb, doing a little cheer on stage before the big debate. And uh, Billy, we find out, is running for, like, I don't know, class president or something. I couldn't tell. It looked that way. It was some kind of debate. Uh, against uh, a guy named Petrie, who is the person we mentioned earlier, for the, we remember from mm-hmm. Silent Night, Deadly Night. So he's running against him, and so they do this whole little debate thing in front of the whole class. And there's a girl in the front row who, interestingly enough, in a movie that's basically chock full of white people... Uh, is the only person who's got a little bit more of a dark complexion and seems like she has Mm -hmm. uh, a different kind of background. And I thought that might be a little significant, and I'm not really sure that it is. I just think it was the casting. But uh, Mm -hmm. she's really kind of distracting him by coming on to him in a sort of way from the front row. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, spreading.
1: yeah, not subtly at all. No, yeah,
0: she's just like spreading her legs a little bit and
1: um... licking her lips.
0: Yeah. <laughs> She's a really attractive woman. She is, yeah. And uh, her name, we find out later, is, is Clarissa. From this point until about halfway through the movie, it becomes almost like the dream girl, right? She's mm-hmm. she's the girl that's on his mind that he kind of sees from a distance every now and then.
1: But the other funny thing about this scene, first of all, something that's inadvertently funny, they they say at the beginning of the debate when they're introducing people that Billy is the star basketball player of the school, this guy can't be over like five, six. <laughs> 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 like, like, he's a tiny little guy. There's no way that he's the star basketball player. But then also, you know, with that whole the girl in the front flirting with him, trying to seduce him and whatnot, it's played for comedy. And and the movie is billed as a horror comedy. And I didn't really see... the attempts at comedy really – they were few and far between, yeah. first of all, and they really fell flat to me. Agreed. What, what did you think?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought it was – it got to be – again, it's like a Cronenberg movie or even like a David Lynch movie where the attempts at comedy, uh, there's just too much bizarre stuff in it for the comedy to really come through and become lighthearted. Right. You just have a tone. That's set up from the very beginning that is so strange that you've got to filter everything through that, and when it comes through on the other side, there's nothing to laugh at. Even the comedy, even the attempts at comedy, you wonder if, if it's even supposed to be funny. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. And if it was supposed to be funny and we were supposed to be laughing out loud, it was not successful <laughs> in almost every no, part. No, it's
1: of it. It, yeah, it's just too bizarre. I mean, even when we get to the last 30 minutes where things really get batshit crazy, crazy, I, I feel like it's supposed to also be like Darkly Comic and I don't know. For me, it was just so bizarre that I couldn't appreciate uh the comedy um it was really weird um after that scene he goes back to the psychologist which he does sporadically and and he talks about i don't know he's talking about the paranoia surrounding his you know his paranoia surrounding his family and stuff and the the doctor says to him
0: you know you really deserve what's going to happen to you you know
1: what's going to happen you're going to make a wonderful contribution to society And little things like that get dropped here and there. All through the movie, I thought that the twist was going to be that it really was all in his head. Mm. And as it turns out, it's not. But um, (laughs) really, up until near the very end, I was really thinking, okay, they've got me convinced that something weird is going on. So the twist is going to be that he really is just crazy and he's paranoid and all of these things that he's – thinking and seeing and and whatever, that they are just a product of his imagination.
0: You know, it could have gone in that direction, and it would have been a pretty interesting movie because he's set up as the outcast, in a way, of his family. Uh, he, right. Yeah, he's kind of on the debate team or, or whatever. He's running for president or whatever that is. But he's also the star basketball player. He's a little jockey, and he's not really he can't really fit in with what his parents are talking about and even what his sister is talking about. They're totally uninteresting to him. And it seems to be set up like that's why he's going to therapy is not just because, but I think part of it is, is because something that rich people are perceived to be able to do, you know, because therapy is something you have to be able to afford. And so therapy, I think, kind of like uh, exercising or jogging, kind of in America seems to be something that, poor people think are a hallmark of the rich because, well, they right. have the time and the, the leisure and the, the money and the extra, whatever you need to be able to do those activities. And so on the one hand, the therapy kind of uh, points to that level of social status, but it also is a way that we can kind of look into and see that, yeah, he realizes that he's different from his family. He can't really relate to them and he's trying to work through that and trying to figure out the next step. Which, then again, also adds to that feeling that maybe this is all in his head. But then there's another scene uh, where he is going upstairs to get something. uh, Suntan lotion. Thank you. It's Because
1: he's going to the beach.
0: Yeah. He's going to the beach. He goes upstairs to get it. And it's in his sister's room. And his sister is taking a shower. And there's, again, a little bit of that, I would have to say, kind of incestuous curiosity vibe going here. Uh, because mm-hmm. he does grab the suntan lotion but then he wanders a little bit into look into to see his sister showering and th- the shower has that translucent kind of glass um, that's distorting the yeah, like fog glass see, yeah 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 but you can still see the image um, uh, behind it and even we have to kind of stare at it for a minute or two to figure out if we're seeing something weird or not Again, I, I thought that was it. right. I mean, it's, it, I just,
1: I'm, I'm watching it. First of all, the reason, I, at least I think the reason that he is uh, looking at her at all is because she's like moaning and making weird noises. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, uh, so when he looks in there, like you said, like we have to look really close to it. I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm like, wait a minute, why are her boobs on her back? Like, <laughs> what? because you can totally see her boobs and then right below it it's her butt and i'm like what is happening did she grow new boobs on her back is that what that was (laughs) that was like popping out before like does she have four boobs like (laughs) it's so weird but then he opens the door then he opens the door and she's just normal and she's like what are you doing and she covers herself up and and he leaves so again i'm i i okay maybe he's just nuts
0: yeah, it's it's a very Lynchian moment in the movie. It, I, I really, actually, thought that this was these these scenes were really well done for a for a low budget film. Uh, that's produced and directed by uh, Brian Usna, who's the same guy who brought us the Reanimator. And and I'm not knocking Reanimator, but it's definitely a low budget movie. It's not high art. Great. He
1: just produ- Did he produce that one? Because produced. What I read was that they wanted him to direct Bride of Reanimator. Yes. And he said that he would, but only if he got to make this movie first. Um. And so that's how this movie ended up getting made.
0: Well, yeah. And then he jumps into like Silent Night, Deadly Night four which I guess is the connection with the uh, – he mu- he must have had something to do with Five as well, which is kind of why so many people yeah. in this, including the art art guy, kind of got involved with that. But, I mean, I'm really pretty impressed with what he did with this, his first directing uh, directing effort for a movie. And then he went on to do, by the way, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He, he did the story uh, for that movie. Yeah, yeah.
1: I and... saw that, <laughs> and I was very surprised because it's a very different movie. <laughs> <laughs> it really is.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I, I just thought these scenes were really well done. Again, it I was wondering the whole time, is this in his head, is it not? But also just the fact that it lingered on this long enough, and it was just obscure enough, and all of the scenes like this are kind of like this for us to wonder, wait a minute, is are we seeing something strange? Or, no, wait, oh, yeah, yeah, her boobs are on her back. <laughs> you, you know, it puts us in the mm-hmm. character's um, head as well, and, and that was Really, again, I, I think it was really clever.
1: I do too, and and I thought that as far as I don't know, I don't know if it's directing or editing or, or some combination, but um, the movie's really fast paced, but it's really just a series of these really surreal moments. Because like right after that, he goes outside, he's going to the beach, and. The parents are out there with the gardener and the gardener's kind of down on the ground. It looks like he's maybe pruning something and they're watching and admiring, you know, their garden or whatever. But when Billy gets up there, um, what the gardener is doing is pulling all these slugs out of uh, out of the garden and putting them on a plate, like a dinner plate. And the parents are like, ooh, that one looks good. Oh, yes, that's a beauty. And Bill just looks at them like you're weird, but whatever. Go to the beach. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. He just, he, ex- and again, I, I, I don't think it's, ex- we're ex- supposed to expect realism here. But again, this is one of those things like, okay, like that, I guess you just don't question the fact that your parents are collecting slugs on a plate. Uh, all well, right.
0: It, it, to me, Have I Have fun at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of, like, escargot. That, that's what I was thinking with the slugs.
1: It, it crossed my mind, too, but you don't get escargot out of no. <laughs> the garden slugs. No, you don't.
0: You're <laughs> right. <laughs> I can
1: almost guarantee you that the people who live in, in Bel Air are not harvesting <laughs> their own escargot in the garden.
0: <laughs> that, no, I I, no, I completely agree. It serves to emphasize the fact that these people just live in a completely different world, or totally unconcerned with anything going on around them, including True. Billy, uh, and, and he himself just can't relate, just like we can't relate. The, you know, what's what's interesting about this film is that we get these, what I describe, what we just described earlier, is these really well done, surreal, strange moments, against these really just flat-out weird, strange moments that Mm -hmm. aren't even that surreal at all. And I feel like this whole beach scene is just one thing like this after another. He is now uh, basically laying down next to his girlfriend, Shauna, and she's in a bikini, and she's super attractive. And her main concern throughout this whole film is that she get invited to this big party that this guy, uh, Ted Ferguson, is throwing who's another super rich dude who is apparently really popular, but he's kind of the bully Mm -hmm. of this movie. And he's a little bit down the way on the beach with his friends. And she says, why don't you go down there and talk to him and see if we can get invited to this party. He doesn't really care, but he does anyway. Now, you're going to have to help me with the sequence of the scene, Craig, because there's a whole bunch of stuff with the suntan lotion here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I I thought maybe you were going to skip over it for no, wholesome reasons. because There's no way we're going to skip over the suntan lotion. <laughs> okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so he's like rubbing suntan lotion on her stomach or whatever, and then they start making out. And then there's this weird thing where these kids are like army crawling, like right next to them. And right they, they, they like sneak up right in between their legs and grab this suntan lotion and stand up and squirt it all over the girl, all over her face and all over her boobs. <laughs> and then and then they throw the suntan lotion and then he go the billy goes and gets it um but right before he gets there that his dream girl uh clarissa is standing there in a bikini and she picks it up and squirts it all over his face there's a lot of white stuff getting shot on people's faces and <laughs> boobs in this scene And I was like, I'm giving my screen side. eye. like, what are you doing? That's dirty.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And he's like on his hands and knees and he's looking up at her. It's all. Yeah. It's super suggestive.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. Like it, it felt like it was trying to be both this weird, surreal thing. And at the same time, like an 80s sex comedy and and. I don't know. I mean, it's fine it, because it was so surreal. It didn't bother me or take me out of it when they would do these, you know, jokey kind of things, but, um, it, it makes it even all the more surreal, like, cause it just seems so out of place. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, right after that, right after he gets squirted on the face, which he doesn't even wipe off. I, I mean, it's, no. <laughs> it's so strange. Um, then he's like backing. He's going to go uh, try to talk to this Ferguson guy to get invited to the party or whatever. And he backs into this large, heavily made up, I'll say woman because the character is supposed to be a woman, but that was surely a dude, right?
0: Yeah, it's a very androgynous looking character. It kind of reminded me of um... – uh like divine yes exactly divine yes
1: yeah that's the first thing that popped into my head was john waters i mean it it looked it 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 looked like a character stepped right out of a john waters movie very large very imposing very odd looking
0: which just who just kind of stares at him and he stares back and then they walk away and you're like what is this all about uh uh-huh. <laughs> we, we, we're introduced to these strange characters but this this character is flat out strange just completely flat out so she doesn't say anything but she does pop up a couple more times later and it isn't until much later that you realize uh, that you understand who she is even though it doesn't even really yeah, make that much yeah. of a difference no. so yeah he goes over and he talks to david and he's the typical jerky bully guy and, uh, it it's doesn't, Ted, 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 sorry. Ted yeah, <clears throat> but it cuts for a moment to his parents and they're sitting and talking to this judge guy who is apparently a big wig that they keep talking about and they want, they keep inviting him over and he's going to come to her coming out party. Uh, but the, his sister comes in and mentions this earring that, uh, that she had and, sh- and she says, it's kind of weird. And they look at it. And then it cuts back to the beach, and he is done with Ted. And I don't Ferguson. think it's yeah. Ted Ferguson. He has not he has not become successful at getting invited to this party. Right. Uh, but then he runs into David, uh, his, this guy, and David uh, says, "Ted uh, says, Bill, Billy, Billy, you, got, I've got something. You've got to see this. You got to see. You got to hear this.'" And so he pulls him aside on the beach, and he plays a tape for him. And it is a – he says, don't be bad at me, but um, I put a bug in your sister's ear, and it turns out that that was in the earring that the parents see.
1: That's what he had been doing in her bathroom was yes, bugging her earring.
0: Exactly. Uh, and, uh, and I put a transmitter under the car or whatever, and I've been recording your family. He gets upset about that, but he listens to this tape, and this tape is super disturbing.
1: I remember my own coming out. I was so excited.
0: Then you can do it with women as well as men. Of course. Uh, you know the schedule. First we dying then copulation. Some in your own age first. Then with your mother and me. Then in comes the host. And you'll be ready. Oh, you know, I could hardly keep a straight face when Bill apologized to me about not being able to make it tonight. <laughs> Don't be concerned about your brother, Jen. He's too busy with things in his own world to worry about our.
1: Really lucked out, Jen. Ted Ferguson is really cute
0: for our first partner.
1: Ted Ferguson? Ted Ferguson?
0: Yeah, Jenny and Ferguson. That's just the beginning. Here, listen. Wow, your boobs look totally sexy. Guys are gonna pop high once the second they see you. I'm a little nervous, though. It's fine. Oh,
1: relax, Jenny. Just go with it. It's so much fun to see how far you can stretch. Yeah, the hotter and wetter you get, the more you can do. It's great. <laughs> I swear i I was watching this, I was watching this, and I just had this look of horror and disgust on my face like th- the movie if nothing else, it does a really good job of shocking you. I mean, I was shocked several times throughout this movie. I knew this family was weird, I knew they were odd, but I didn't see this coming. I mean it was uh and and just that they're talking about it so casually and like oh, this is just what we do at the coming out parties. And it's so gross. Like, it's just disgusting. Oh, (laughs) man. Oh, I I didn't know what to think.
0: Well, it honestly, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing you're going to get in this movie, in a movie like this, right? I mean, this Uh is like an 80s horror film, comedy, kind of low budget, but it usually doesn't go in these kind of places. This is for, like, heavy drama-type, weird, strange... A few movies do really go this far, actually. <laughs> right, right. But then he runs to the psychiatrist uh, in the, kind of in the middle of the night or in the middle of the evening or whatever when the psychiatrist is, is not available. And he hands him the tape. He says, look, you've got to just listen to this. I don't care. And he's like, I got to go to bed. You got to leave. No, we'll just listen to this tape. Listen to this tape. Listen to this tape. He's like, fine, I'll listen to it. Then he gets a call uh, and he goes back to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist is like, what are you doing? What's going on? And he plays the tape and the tape is completely normal. They're just talking about the park. Mm-hmm. So either the tape has been changed, or uh, Billy is going crazy and hearing things that he, mm-hmm. whatever. And that's what you're supposed to think. And so at this point on, uh, the movie has been building towards this uh, invasion of the body snatchers or invaders from Mars kind of right. deal. And that's exactly what what you get. Absolutely. Now now is the point in the movie where your face, your mind is faced with making a decision. Like okay. Is there some conspiracy against this guy, or is it all in his head? And from here on out, the rest of the movie was me trying to figure out which of the two it was. Was it that way for you?
1: Yeah, and at this point, I still really thought that it being in his head was a possibility. I, I And I thought that the movie was doing a really good job of messing with my head. Like, I, I – I really didn't know. Um, usually, I feel like I have a better idea. You know, if they're trying to tease things, I feel like I'm pretty good at figuring things out. But I really didn't know that tape really threw me for a loop um, because it's it's altered and it's totally normal, but it follows the same pattern of the conversation. So if he were paranoid and was was hearing things, it would. I mean, it would kind of make sense because the things that they say. When we hear it the second time around, they all sound very normal, but if you just twist around some of the words a little bit, you could get to where it was originally. So I was thinking, well, maybe his mind is just playing tricks on him. Um, I I really was unsure. There's a lot to suggest that there is something shady going on, a lot. You know, the fact that um, Dave was so concerned and upset about this you know if he if if it had just been a normal conversation why would he have been so concerned or upset about it um but i'm still questioning my mind well maybe that whole exchange was was you know messed up in in billy's head so um i was really confused
0: yeah and uh, also the psychiatrist and you know i didn't realize this until after the movie which is almost hard to believe, that these psychiatrist scenes were actually shot after. Um, they weren't in the original, script. Yeah. they added these later. Um, and it's um, hard to imagine this movie making a lot of sense without it in there, quite honestly, because it does provide Agreed. this really good context. And it gives us a chance to get into his head and see what he's thinking. But the psychiatrist in this scene says to him, look, people are what they are. You have to accept society's rules. It's a question of what you were born into. But I thought it was pretty relevant to today. Uh, this is a kind of movie that could be remade in in Trump's America and would have a lot more. Oh yeah, uh, to say. Oh yeah, you know it's <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Again, it hits all over the head uh, with a hammer, though. With yeah,
1: a... yeah, it does. I mean, it's it's clearly social commentary, you know, and it's 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 bold faced. It's not it's not beating around the bush in any way. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, so uh, Billy grabs the cassette and he he well first of all he calls in front of the psychiatrist and again i thought this was so stupid um he calls in front of the psychiatrist and says dave you have another copy of the tape you got to meet me at this certain place right now and he runs out and of course when he gets there just minutes later um dave's van is there and it's been in a terrible accident and they're taking dave dead presumably away and and so he goes home and his mom and his dad and his sister are all just sitting in the like sitting room they're not doing anything i mean it just seems like they're just waiting for him to come in and when he comes in they're like you got a telegram i don't remember getting telegrams in 1989 but <laughs> <laughs> apparently apparently they're fancy in beverly hills and they do telegrams um but he is he, he has now been invited uh to ferguson's party um and he's he doesn't understand they have heard about the accident, but they're totally unconcerned about it and, and, and totally without any kind of emotion or sympathy. Even the sister who had dated this guy at one time um, is, is totally unconcerned. All they're concerned about is getting him to go to this party, which he does. And then this scene, I just I don't know how I felt about this scene. So he gets to the party and he's looking for Ferguson, but first he bumps into Clarissa again. um, And they kind of flirt a little bit. And then she, uh, Milo shows up, I think. It's not really important. There's kind of, Milo's kind of this character that um, kind of orbits around the whole movie, but he's really not all that important. Um, Clarissa goes into this tent. Like there's this big tent set up in this backyard and um, David follows her in there and Ferguson is in there and... And Billy is questioning him and he's saying things like, I want to know what went down at my sister's party or whatever. And Ferguson tells the truth. He says, we all had dinner and then I banged. He doesn't say that, but then I banged your sister and then everybody else was so turned on, they all did too. And I think that Billy punches him um, and, and Ferguson takes him out of the tent and throws him in the pool. And then what I thought was so weird, and again, it's just kind of the surreal nature of the, the movie. You just kind of have to go with it, I guess. But Billy gets out of the pool and just continues to flirt with Clarissa. Like, yeah. <laughs> this news that he got confirmed wasn't all that particularly shocking or upsetting. Like, oh, I'm mad that the cute girl's flirting with me, so let's go to your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, where we little... will have a dirty sex scene. Yeah, it's <laughs> you're right. It is a bit uneven. <laughs> the whole... <laughs> well, and even when Clarissa shows up uh, again, it's done in that dream girl kind of way where he sees her from across, and then we get this this slow dolly into her face uh, as he sees her, and then the very next shot is of the two of them dancing. It's like. What happens in between he, there and there? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, this other girl pops in, and, and I was like, who is she? This other girl pops in and looks like she's upset and and walks away. And I was like, who is she? Like, that's not his girlfriend. It turns out it's his girlfriend's mm-hmm. friend um, who later, yeah. you know, is telling about this. But yeah, yeah. So then they go up and they make out, and there's this really raunchy sex scene. And there is another hand that comes into play. Uh, it's like her hand coming around her own shoulder that he sees
1: the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's like in a way that it shouldn't be able to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I don't remember, does he fall out of the bed when he he, sees that
0: pushes himself away from her, which has him fall out of the bed. And then he turns around and looks up and she's leaning kind of over the side of the bed and is like, well, how, you know, what's going on? What's wrong? And, Uh, Once again, you get this shot where you have to stare at it for, like, a minute or two. Like, it lingers there, so you think it's important, but it takes you a few more seconds to realize, wait a minute, are, are her legs flipped around? She's kind of half covered with a blanket. And so between her top and her legs is the blanket covering her. But then her legs maybe seem to be backwards.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just—it's—it's it's like one of those things where you look at it and you can tell that something's not right, and it takes your mind a minute to figure out. Wait a second, why are her legs facing the wrong way? Um, and I, I feel like he kind of rubs his eyes or shakes his head or something and looks back at her, and she's normal again.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I—I I, I had no idea what was going on there.
0: Really well done. Though. But. I, I- I like that.
1: Point. Yeah, um, it was well yeah. done. And they, I, you know, I read about how they did it. I mean, they just did it with, with two, you know, the actress and then another person. And they just, you know, positioned them in the bed so that it looked like it was one body, um, but but contorted. Um, and, and it is effective. It's it's really unsettling, as are many things. And, oh, my God, we haven't even gotten started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they go, they go downstairs, and she makes them some tea, and she asks them, how do you like your tea? Cream? Sugar? Or do you want me to pee in it? <laughs> I'm like, I know what? and like
1: I didn't like she asks it totally deadpan like she's serious and I'm like
0: what? <laughs> um
1: and, and again he just kind of blows it off and they start making out again and we see kind of this POV of somebody walking in on them and uh He's like, oh, Clarissa, Clarissa. And he sits up and she turns around and her boobs are hanging out. And then it's that big, creepy drag queen again who turns out to be her mom. And apparently she doesn't care at all that her mom is just, you know, coitus interruptus. Um, And and she basically just kind of kicks her mom out, but not before her mom starts hacking and eventually – Hacks something up and puts it into Billy's hand, and it's like a freaking hairball. I'm like, what is going on?
0: <laughs> oh, God, it's just so
1: strange.
0: No, yeah, yeah. He goes home and he runs upstairs and opens the door, and his parents and his sister are lo- kind of lounging on the bed. His sister is sitting up, and dad is giving his sister a massage. It is really creepy incestuous moment it's
1: gross and right and like they're not dressed like they're not nude but they're in their under things and yeah at this point obviously something i think it was at this point that i thought there's no misinterpretate, there's no yeah. misinterpreting this um there, there's no rational explanation for this it's too weird it's too gross something is really going on
0: oh yeah and then there's a funeral scene after this for his friend uh and uh, they walk up, and there's like – he has like a – looks like kind of a birthmark or something his friend has on his face. And he kind of touches – one of them touches his face, and that spot kind of crumbles away, or his finger kind of goes into his cheek a little bit. It's – again, it's just kind of a weird out-of-nowhere bit. And Petrie mm-hmm. approaches to him uh, after this and says, meet me in the woods. Um, I, there's some stuff I need to tell you about your family. Uh, And it seems like, okay, this is the guy who's maybe been in on this but is having a change of heart and wants to let him know uh, what's going on. And so this isn't a safe place for that, and he says basically meet me in the woods down here at a certain time. So um, Billy goes out and drives uh, down to the woods and goes to meet him, but when he goes into the woods, uh, there's just a car there and when he opens the back door of the car, uh, Petrie's throat is slashed. But there's somebody else mm-hmm. there, and he's kind of wandering around. Um, there's a like a like a, a what is it? It's like a sweater or a um, um, sweater. I had no idea what was that was. I, I had I no idea what was going on there. Where did that come from? Was it supposed to be Petrie's? Was it supposed to be his? I, I don't know. Petrie was wearing. I, it. I
1: missed it entirely. It was yeah. like you and it's, it. It ultimately doesn't pay off i mean nothing comes of it but it's like yeah there's like a a a sweater like hanging in the bushes and like he sees it it's like (gasps) and then some guy in all black jumps out and grabs it and takes off running yeah and um he, he doesn't catch the guy did did you know do you have any idea what was going on with the sweater
0: well it comes up later the sweater comes up later um oh i missed it yeah later on uh when he's doing his debate again and he's being um he's being um what do you call it? Heckled in the front row by Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Ferguson is holding that sweater. He's He's got a oh, sister in arm I, I, I totally missed that, that. Yeah. So he's kind of. Yeah. As it him
1: turns away. out, as it turns out, this whole thing was a setup, or at least that's what it appears to be, because Milo, Billy didn't know it, but Milo had followed him there. And Milo, after Billy left, had seen. Um, uh, Petrie and Ferguson come out of the woods together. Um, so it was just a setup. And I I think what they were trying to do was trying to make him look crazy in front of other people to then justify what they were going to do later. Um, because, uh, Billy goes home and he's ambushed by his family and the judge and the doctor and these ambulance guys, um, take him Well, they, they tranquilize him, knock him out. And then they take him to the hospital. And when, Milo goes to the hospital to check up on him. Um, the lady at the desk tells him that he's in the morgue, that he's dead, um, and he says that can't be. And uh, what? Then we see Billy. He's not dead. He's in a, a, a hospital bed. He 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 in kind of in his waking state. He thinks that he hears. Um, David, uh, the guy that he thought was dead, but when he wakes up, nobody's there, and he goes out to the car, to his car, which has mysteriously been placed right outside the hospital, and he, at this point, seems like he's kind of coming unhinged. And uh, Milo is there waiting and he says, what's going on? You know, they're setting you up for something. You don't understand. You're officially dead now. They're setting you up for something. And uh, so he says, no, don't you get it? I'm free now. I mean, it it seems bizarre to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so then he goes, he drives, I guess, to Clarissa's house, which I didn't really understand why. He's really aggressive with her and like chokes her and uh, hits her. Um, I, I didn't understand what the purpose of that was. Did no, you? Was he trying no. to get information out of her or something?
0: I have no idea, except that maybe he was just mad at her, like in his crazy state, he came to realize that she was bad or she was doing bad things, so he wanted to go over there and like yell at her. That that's the only thing I could think of.
1: Yeah. Well, it was unsettling because up until the up until this point, this guy, you know, has kind of been the hero and now he's smacking girls around and I was like, mm-hmm. What maybe he really has lost his mind. I don't know. Um, but anyway, it all culminates when he she tells him, don't go home. And he says, of course I'm going home. They want me to come home. So he goes home and he's walking around in his house, much like he was in that initial dream in the beginning. Um, and he gets a knife and he's holding a knife and he's looking for his parents, but he can't find them. He looks out the window and sees that they are arriving home. And so he waits in the dark behind the door until they come in. And when they come in, he says something like, Hello, Mom. And then all of the lights come on, and everybody is there. All of the society is there Ferguson uh, all the young people the the judge all the old people they 're all there it 's this big gathering, and they um, the I, I think the cop who has been shady this yeah. whole time puts puts uh billy in one of those i don't know what they're called like choke sticks that that animal control uses yeah um that's the big stick with the wire at the end you get the animal's head and they put him in one of those and get him down on the ground and this is where i don't even know what to say i don't even (laughs) like i don't know i don't know how to describe i don't even know how to describe what happens next
0: well, they bring in um they're basically taunting him and his parents show up and they're all laughing at him and I mean you kind of knew what was coming in a way. You knew that this was going to be some kind of invader to the invasion of the body snatchers type of scenario at this point where um he is not like everybody else around him. And, you know, his, his dad just taunts him, and he looks at him, and he says, You're a different race from us, a different species, a different class. You're not one of us. You have to be born
1: in the society. Alien scum. <laughs>
0: no. no, we're not from outer space or anything like that. We have been here As long as you have. It's a matter of good breeding, really. Which confirms um, Billy's suspicions the whole time that he's adopted. You know, and and Mm -hmm. again, we're still playing with a lot of adolescent things. You know, how many of us, you know, growing up uh, at one point go through. this feeling, you know, where, where where you're kind of against your parents and you, maybe you don't literally believe that you're adopted, but you certainly feel that way. You know, like, right, maybe, right. you know, I'm not like them or whatever, but you know he's in for it because he's going to get it, but you're not quite sure what he's going to get. And then they drag in um, David, his friend who we thought was dead, you know, whose mm-hmm. cheek was like falling apart earlier. And I wasn't clear how he came back from the dead either, um, but he's there and he's screaming and yelling. I don't. He's Go ahead.
1: I don't think he was ever dead. I think they staged that. And and so whatever that was in the coffin, I don't think that was really him.
0: Oh, okay, that's probably it. So that then the coffin scene makes a little more sense to me. Uh yeah. so yeah, so so he comes in and he's down on the ground next to him, too, and the judge comes in and is basically like, <laughs> I do love the smell of the hunt. And the taste of the shunt. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, what is, ha- <laughs> what is going to happen?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was,
1: and I could have never in a hundred years <laughs> predicted what was about to happen.
0: They all descend on, on David, everybody, and they're taking off their clothes and they reach into his skin uh, in some places. Like David has suddenly become really, really soft. Uh, yeah, and like pliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's screaming, yeah. and in the meantime, they're grabbing it. They're reaching into his skin. They're like melding with his body. They're going up to him with their mouths, and it looks like they're gonna bite pieces off of him, like a kind of like a, uh-huh. a zombie movie. Except they, uh-huh. they, as they pull away, their mouths and lips just become elongated, and it's oh my gosh. <laughs> there's no way to to really describe it. Exactly. No,
1: you would have to see it. You would have to see it. Cause it's so gross and so bizarre. I mean, it's, it's Lovecraftian. It's, 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 uh, it's just, I mean, it's nightmare. It's nightmarish. Um, it, it's literally the stuff of nightmares and it's like, I guess, they're I guess they're feeding off of him. Yep. And then at the end, Oh, and <laughs> at some point, so, so Billy's watching all of this and Ferguson, um, is like taunting him and saying, watch, cause this is what's going to happen to you next. And then for, and, and Billy's like, why are you doing this or something like that? And he says, oh, you silly boy. Don't you know the rich have always sucked off low-class shit like you, which I thought was a really interesting choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> and, and <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, if I heard that in different context, I would think something very different. <clears throat> yeah,
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it was – the whole thing just becomes basically a big orgy like a – again, very – like David Cronenberg filming an orgy where it it pans out and it's just this amorphous mass of flesh uh, that you can't tell who's who or what's what and it's not even human anymore. Uh, and everybody's yeah, laughing it's one and a big nightmare monster. Yeah. And I guess they they had these ideas. Uh, the filmmakers had these ideas first. Like the idea first was the special effects for this film and they basically went backwards and developed a plot around this.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, oh my gosh, how do, where do you start to develop a plot around this? It's so weird. I mean, even before they all – and again, I feel like they're trying to incorporate comedy. Even before it turns into that one big mass, I mean they're all kind of connected. But um, I guess the judge gets to kind of do the final thing or whatever, and he oh. like crawls up um, – to dave and says now we're finally going to get to the bottom of this and he takes his hand and shoves it up dave's ass (laughs) and then like shoves it all the way up so that it comes out of his mouth and eyeballs and then kind of just like pulls it all down into one amorphous thing and that's when the whole big orgy is going on and it's just surreal and just gross in the visual there's there's little to no blood um because the director was concerned that the npaa would uh make him cut it if there was blood but Blood could not, I don't think, have made this any more disgusting than it was. In fact, Blood may have added a sense of realism to it that would have made it even less nightmarish. I mean, it's just – you've got to see it to believe it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing else like it uh, on film, I don't think. (laughs) And the funny thing is, is, even in some later scenes where there's a little bit more talking going on... And this scene lasts way too long. There is way too much talking and other stuff that's kind of happening amidst all this. But you can even... like. The 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 head with the fist and hand through it is just kind of like bobbing up and down while the judge is chatting with somebody else later. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all happening, continuing to happen around them. And they're supposed to be funny moments, I think. I think we're supposed to be laughing at a lot of this, but it's so strange, so bizarre, and so disturbing that I just couldn't bring myself to think any of it was funny. <laughs> right,
1: like I think, so um, Clarissa lets uh david go and david they block the door so he can't get out so he runs upstairs and he ends up in his mom and dad's bedroom and at first you just see the mom laying in bed but it looks like instead of legs she now has man arms and then she gets out of bed and she's walking towards him and it's you know it's all practical effects it's all in the way that it's shot some of it's you know clearly a puppet but she gets up to him and then like the sister like pops out of her vag <laughs> like, like, like the sister's head like the sister's head pops out of her vag and like talks to the kid and then he, he turns around and the dad is like, like I guess on all fours but we're just seeing him from behind and his face is coming out of his butthole and he's, and he's like and he's like hey Billy <laughs> <laughs> I think it was supposed to be funny, but it was so gross and surreal that the last thing that I was going to do was laugh. I mean, I, I could recognize that they were going for the comedy, but it's so gross that, I, no, I, I was not laughing at all. I, 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 w- I wish that I had a camera. I wish that I had trained a camera on me while I was watching this because I think that in itself would have been entertaining to watch because the <laughs> looks on my face must have just been priceless.
0: <laughs> now, doesn't the doesn't the weird mom come in at some point too?
1: It's kind of a subplot that uh, Clarissa's mom, um, Milo, uses her to get inside, um, and, and it's really not all that important except for when uh, Billy is, runs downstairs to escape his parents, he's trapped again, and in another totally why-would-this-happen moment, he like challenges Ferguson to a fight. He's like, me and you, one-on-one, man-to-man, like really now
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is not gonna work
1: (laughs) yeah and and um they fight and ferguson is is kicking his butt and um but uh clarissa tries to intervene and he punches her and so the mom tackles him but i mean it doesn't amount to anything Uh, eventually he gets back up and they start fighting again and then I don't remember what Ferguson says to him. He, he's got, he's, you know, Billy's beat the, the crap out. He's had the crap beat out of him. Um, and uh, I guess Ferguson's like holding his face. And then it looks like he starts to make out with them. Like that's what it looks like. And it yeah. holds there for a long time, which is also something I thought was odd for something in the late 80s, early 90s. But he's doing the shunting thing. He's like sucking the stuff out of him or whatever. But, and and I don't know how to explain this. Billy does the same thing that the judge had done. I don't know if he got some strength because of his connection to Ferguson or what, but he takes his fist and punches up presumably through David's butthole. Um, and he does the same thing, uh, grabs (laughs) from the inside his face and pulls and turns him completely inside out. Yeah. Um, and then he's just a mass of like worms and maggots and, and gross stuff. Um, and and at that point it's like everybody is scared of him because he's done that and he's capable of it and so his dad kind of confronts him one more time and he he punches his dad out and then he and Milo and um Clarissa run out together get in the car um drive away and that's it yeah. and i'm like are you serious that's the it <laughs> like we there, I thought it was so strange, and I was left with so many questions. Um, but ultimately, you know, I don't think that they could ever be answered. So, what what, what would be the point in trying to explain this totally nonsensical, surrealistic, Kafkaesque, weird
0: ass movie? I don't know, man. It's that's it, and, and it just had something to say about society, and it did, and it's done. <laughs> and they showed yeah, us what yeah. they wanted to show us, which was the gross special effects uh, w- at the end, which is completely memorable and you'll never forget it once you've seen it. Yes, uh, and yeah.
1: Oh my god! I don't think I'm sleep for a week. <laughs> 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 and it's not that it was scary I, I, I wasn't scared It was just so bizarre and gross Like I, I, I walked back To to our, the back room in our house And I told my partner I said I may be scarred for life Like I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> That being said That being said If you are a horror fan like us You've got to watch this movie I can't believe that I had never seen it Never heard of it I don't know how it felt Between the cracks. Uh, You know, it, it opened theatrically here. It did terribly. And then it just kind of disappeared. I guess it was a big hit in Europe. Uh, Maybe American audiences just weren't ready. (laughs) I don't think I was ready. I was
0: going to say, I'm not sure we're ready yet. Still, I (laughs) just, in some ways it's even more disturbing than things that we've seen in Hostel. (laughs) Yes. It's very much interested in making this social commentary that, uh, about the upper class, about how unfiltered, concern they are about anybody but themselves about how they feed off of the poor and how inside they're nothing but maggots and worms and 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 gross stuff Mm -hmm. uh so there's Mm -hmm. that aspect to it um and then you know it's also doing this this weird um kind of sexual body stuff uh which takes it to a whole other level uh, it's it's Invasion of the Body yeah. Snatchers as like a weirdo porno kind of thing, you know?
1: Um, yeah, it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's Rosemary's Baby. It's um, Mulholland Drive. It's, it, it's uh, you know, there's a little bit of John Waters in there, like I said before. It's this crazy combination um, of uh, different genres that I don't know if I'd even say that it worked. It, I definitely wouldn't say it 100% worked. Um, but as a standalone, unique, different film. My gosh, if that's what they were going for, then absolutely they were successful.
0: <laughs> and then this, of course, led to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids somehow. <laughs> 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 Disney must have seen this and said, this is the man we yeah. <laughs> need for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed this, please uh, share it with a friend. We're on iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, you can find us online. If you happen to have seen this movie, we'd love to hear what you thought about it. Leave us a comment on Facebook or on Google+. Until next time, I am Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys and a Chainsaw.